What's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of the weekly NFL show. I'm your host, Laura Antonio, on the Laura Antonio Sports Talk podcast. Abdul is back with me to talk about some NFL news. So, Abdul, how are you doing today? Doing pretty well, Lorenzo. How about yourself? I'm doing great. So, now let's talk about some sad news to talk about first is uh, that Broncos owner Pat Boland died last night at the age of 75. So, our thoughts and prayers go out to the Denver Broncos organization and its and their fan base and and Mr. Boland's family. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, if you look at the Broncos' history, they're sort of one of those under the radar franchises. Like they're, if you you can definitely put them up there as one of the more successful franchises with the Patriots, with the Steelers. Um, obviously, you know they don't have as many championships, but in terms of like um, constantly being competitive and just having a winning team on the field. The, the Broncos are definitely up there, um, I guess, because they kind of play in the Midwest part of the country. You know, they don't get as much of a shine as, you know, some of the other teams. But, yeah, they've they've really been as just as successful as, you know, a lot of the more storied franchises in the NFL. And, uh, yeah, he his legacy was certainly um, – he certainly left a, a great legacy on the NFL uh, with the Denver Broncos franchise. And – and, uh, you know, obviously our thoughts and prayers are with his family. Yeah, absolutely. We had to report that today for sure. So now let's get to some good stuff here. So now let's, before we talk about the Wentz and McCoy to the Panthers and Kyle Rudolph's extension with the Vikings, let's talk about your Jets first. And we didn't talk about this on Monday. So what are your overall thoughts on the Jets hiring Joe Douglas as the new general manager of the team? Well, you know, for me, I actually really like the hire. I listened to his press conference. I, I loved what he had to say. But the main thing that has me excited is the fact that he's coming from an Eagles organization who, if you look in recent years, outside of probably the Patriots, they're probably the most well-run organization in the league. And I just like their their strategy and their emphasis as far as um, putting an emphasis on players in the trenches, like offensive linemen and defensive linemen when it comes to building the roster. I think that's going to tremendously help Sam Donald. And ironically enough, Joe Douglas was actually an offensive lineman himself in college. So I think he's definitely going to address that side of the ball, specifically that position on the team. And it's going to really help Sam Donald who's a young quarterback. And really, if you look at the Jets last year, their biggest problem really, or one of their biggest problems was the offensive line. And hopefully that, you know, we can address that position and, you know, protect Sam Donald going into this season. Yeah, absolutely. This, I think this was a good hire. And I think, uh, I think that's what we wanted to talk about here. I think Joe Douglas is a good hire to be the new GM of the New York Jets. Yeah, absolutely. And also another thing is like you you have the relationship between him and Adam Gase. So it's it's always good to have two like your general manager and your head coach being on the same page. Like you don't want to disconnect there, so that's another positive. So you guys are better off now without uh Mike McCagnan. I mean, time will tell. I mean, on paper things are looking good right now, but ultimately you know, Joe Douglas has to produce results. So it's, it is too early to tell, but on paper, everything looks good. So we'll have to find out, but so far so good. Yeah, absolutely. So that being said, uh, 
Now let's talk about uh, let's talk about Carson Wentz. I don't know if we talked about this on Monday. So, what was your reaction to the Carson Wentz extension, Gerald McCoy signing with the Panthers, and Kyle Rudolph ex- getting his extension with the Vikings? Well, so with Carson Wentz, um, essentially, so when I looked at his contract, it's essentially a four-year extension, but it, the extension mm-hmm. doesn't kick in until the end of next year. So he's still going to be, he's still going to play through his rookie contract. So he's still under his rookie deal this year. And then next year, he's still under the fifth year option. And then the contract will kick in the following year. I think I was reading online that the Eagles have most of like their core players all on their contract for at least three more years. So they're going to be competitive for at least three more years. So they have that window to make another run out of Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I I I think so. And also, uh, what was your thoughts on Gerald McCoy to the Panthers and Kyle Rudolph getting his contract extended with the Vikings? So, um, as far as the Gerald McCoy contract or him going to the Panthers, I think it's more a case of usually when veteran players are let go by their former team, um, they want to. It's kind of similar to the Richard Sherman situation where. When he was let go by the Seahawks, he went to the 49ers. In, in the same case here with Jared McCoy, he was on the Buccaneers. He decided to sign with the Panthers just because it gives him an opportunity now to play the team twice a year. So it's kind of his way of, I guess, getting back at his team in a good way, like just to show them, hey, you know, you guys probably made a mistake letting me go. Um, but it's interesting. Um, I mean, I don't know if that was his best option. I mean, I, there were reports there were numerous other teams that, uh, interested in him. Maybe he just felt the Panthers were the best fit for him and his family. So, we'll see. Oh, I will see about that. That's for sure. So, with that being said, uh, let's go to Kyle Rudolph now. So, what were your thoughts on Kyle Rudolph getting that extension? Do you think this is good for the Vikings? Well, I mean, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Kyle Rudolph's a very good tight end. Um it's just interesting looking at the Vikings the past couple of years. They've invested a lot of money at skill position players, which is fine. But when you pay your quarterback the amount of money that you did, you still got to put an offensive line around him. And Kyle Rudolph's been very good for the for the Vikings. It's just like sooner or later, you know, you gotta you gotta give him an offensive line. Like it, like that's been a huge problem for the Vikings. It's like Where's the money going to come from, you know? Um, but, you know, I feel like it's one of those where now down the line, maybe they, they decide to move on from a guy like an Everson Griffin because you've got someone like Daniel Hunter's contract coming up mm-hmm. eventually. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, I think they would have been better off using the money elsewhere. But we'll, we'll see what happens. It's not a bad sign because he is a good player and he does help them. Yeah, he does. He does help. Uh, he does help. Uh, what you might call this? He helps the Cubs in a very good way here. So I, no, I mean the Vikings, but I think that uh, I think that the I think that I think that having uh, Kyle Rudolph there for the Vikings it helps them in the long run. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly going to help them in the red zone. He's a big target. So, but I just feel like 
sooner or later, it's like as a team, you run out of money. Like, you can't pay everyone. Like, they, they paid both their receivers they're, and they're paying Kyle Rudolph now. So, it's like sooner or later, they're going to have to let someone go. And I guess we'll find out who it is. Yeah, absolutely. So, with that being said, uh, now let's talk about uh, – let's now go into our 2019 season previews. And let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. So, my question for you about the Dallas Cowboys is, Dak, are Dax and Zeke's and Cooper's contract extensions coming? You know, that's very interesting. Um, one of the things that I'm sure a lot of people thought of once the Eagles and Carson Wentz uh, reached an extension was now the Cowboys are in a situation where they kind of have to take care of Dak Prescott. So I would say, like, all those reports about how, like, the Cowboys apparently wanted Dak to take a bit of a hometown discount, well, that's not going to happen anymore because – just in terms of the numbers, they're going to have to offer him at least $20.5 million. And if they do that, they're probably going to have to give him a similar guaranteed amount to that of Carson Wentz. But it's going to be interesting, you know, if the Cowboys decide to do that. Because um, the longer they wait, the more they're going to have to probably pay him. Um, as far as, like, priority, um, like the three players that you mentioned, you know, Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper – they're definitely going to take care of Amari Cooper because they traded a first-round pick for him, so there's no way that they're not going to extend him. Um, call me crazy, but out of those three guys, Zeke might be the guy that – I'm not going to say that they're not going to re-sign, but he's, he's lowest in terms of the priority list because he's had some off-the-field issues and just naturally the position that he plays. Now, granted – you can argue he's probably the most valuable player on that team because he literally does everything for them on offense. Um, he's an excellent receiver out of the backfield and just the load that they ask him to carry as a running back, especially last year when their offensive line wasn't as good as years past. It'll be interesting, but I think we might have a similar situation to DeMarco Murray where they 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 may move on from Zeke if, if, if they can't um, get him at, the, at a number that they want to. I think the Cowboys will keep Zeke. I think they'll keep Dak and they'll keep Cooper. Like in an ideal world, I'm sure that they would want to keep all three of them. It's just one of those where it's like you just re-signed Demarcus Lawrence and it's a salary cap league. So at some point you got to let, you're going to have to let somebody go. And I know that it's one of those where it's like, it's a very difficult decision because how are you going to sell it to your fan base that, Hey, you know, we just let go of our star running back, you know, or we didn't bring back our star running back. But I, I think it just, cause that's the problem that teams run into when you sign a quarterback who's slightly above average to like an elite level deal. It like he's a Dak's one of those quarterbacks that needs help around him. He can't carry the team by himself. Like sooner, like you're you're gonna have to make cuts somewhere, and maybe running backs gonna be one of those positions. Oh, okay. So now let's talk about another question I have for you about the Cowboys is is Jason Garrett coaching for his job this year? You know, it's so it's interesting. Like you can kind of make that argument like every year he's coaching for his job, but I guess it's just one of those where like. I guess Jerry Jones is just happy with him as the head coach. Um, there's reports that, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of like, a lot of speculation involved, and a lot of things would have to happen over this to, you know, 
to actually happen. But if let's say Drew Brees were, were to retire maybe after this year, which I don't think he will considering the way he's playing, there's this there's this weird scenario where apparently Sean Payton might consider taking the head coaching job with the Cowboys because I think it's his last year with the Saints, like on their contract. So that is something that could potentially happen. If something like that happens, you know, maybe they move on from Jason Garrett. Maybe Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma has a change of heart and decides to take the Cowboys job. Um, I don't know. I guess a lot of it is going to be um, predicated on sort of what the Cowboys do going into this season. Because the expectation level, I would say, is at least getting to the NFC Championship game. I mean, I think I think that the Cowboys will I, – I think that – I don't think Sean Payton's going to leave the Saints, in my opinion, from what you were saying, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, I only brought up that situation. Like, that's only if Drew Brees were to retire. Because we've seen that, like, in other sports. Like, when, you know, a star player – I mean, you see this more, like, in the NBA and stuff, not so much in the NFL. But, like, remember, like, Doc Rivers when he was on the Celtics, like – he moved on to the Clippers after, like, the big three got moved on, like, traded. So, like, it, it happens. We don't see it so much in the NFL, but I'm just saying, like, for Sean Payne, it would make sense because it is a job he's always been in, interested in, and it is a bigger job because it is the Cowboys. It's probably the biggest job as far as head coaching positions in the entire NFL. So I wouldn't be surprised if that would have happened if Drew Brees retires, but we'll see. Yeah, but Sean Payton's not leaving New Orleans, though. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I guess it's just good speculation. I mean, you never know. I mean, it's it's very unlikely, like I said, but it's 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 certainly a possibility because you never know. You never know. All right, so now let's talk about our draft grade for the Dallas Cowboys. So I think they had a – I give them a solid B there for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the Cowboys in recent years have really been one of those teams who've done very well in the draft. Like they they draft some really, really good players. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I mean, obviously it's too early to tell, but they got some really, really good players. Um, a lot of players, like I, one of the guys that's really stood out to me was Tony Pollard. Um, I forgot where he went to school, but he was he's one of those, like, you know, excellent receivers out of the backfield. And those type of players are very, very valuable in today's NFL. Um, they drafted some – mainly, like, with the Cowboys, they, they went after, like, depth guys. And that's always important. Like, you always want to have depth in the NFL because you never know, like, when an injury might take place. Um, so, for me, yeah, I think they did a really good job drafting, got some really solid depth guys, and I think it, it helps them out in the long run, you know, if, if some of those guys develop and they can they can afford to let go of some of the veteran players with big contracts on their roster. Yeah, they could they could, but so we'll see here. So with that being said, uh let's talk about the Cowboys schedule and talk about which game to look forward to. I look forward to when the Cowboys play my team, the Patriots, week twelve on November twenty fourth, uh three twenty five PM game. On Fox, that's going to be a great game. It's going to, it could be a potential Super Bowl preview, but I think, I, I think, I think it's going to come down to in that game whoever has the ball last. But I, I look forward to when, uh, I always look forward to when it's Dak versus Wentz. But I wish one of those, 
games against the Eagles when the Cowboys played the Eagles was on Thanksgiving over the one against the Bills. True. I, I think that was just one of those where like they may, maybe just want to put a different team on during Thanksgiving. Cause like the Bills are one of those teams that doesn't really get put on like national TV. So they probably put them on Thanksgiving. Cause it's one of the few times where team like non Bills fans will probably watch the Bills. So that's probably like the reasoning behind it. And what about the one against the Patriots? The one I talked about, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually really looking forward to that. I think it should be pretty exciting. Um, you can make an argument. It's it's a matchup between the two most hated teams in the NFL. So from a rating standpoint, you know, it's good for the NFL because usually for some reason people like to watch teams they don't like because they want to see them lose. But, uh, yeah, um, Wonder, wonder if the if I remember correctly, the game's at New England, right? Yeah, the game's in Foxborough. Yeah, so I remember last time I think the Patriots and Cowboys played in Foxborough. The the, um, the Patriots made the Cowboys wear their blue uniforms, so I wonder if they do that this time around. I don't know if they will. I mean, they might because you know the, the whole story behind you know the Cowboys and why they don't wear the blue uniforms, right? They don't wear the blue uniforms at home, though. Right, right. No, I'm saying like for the Cowboys, they they don't wear it at all. They, like they try try not to wear the, their blue uniforms as much as possible. Like there's just there's like a story behind that. Yeah, I think the Cowboys will be in their white jerseys. Yeah, it can it can. I mean, I just I'm just I just brought it up just because like like I remember I vividly remember last time they played at Foxborough like the Patriots. We're wearing their white uniforms, and so it forced the Cowboys to wear like their their blue uniforms, which is technically like their away uniform, or technically their their home uniform. But yeah, I mean, it, either way though, it should be an excellent matchup. I'm, I'm excited because both teams are good, so it should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that being said, uh, also don't don't forget about Cowboys Redskins. That's a good rivalry to see, you know. Yep, Cowboys Giants as well. Yeah, divisional games are always going to be fun to watch because they're they're very close. Like both teams know each other really well. It's going to be very competitive. So I, it'll be exciting, that's for sure. And now let's talk about uh, the, my favorite offseason move of the Cowboys was when they signed Randall Cobb. I think that was a great signing and. And and uh, what surprised me was Jason Witten coming out of retirement. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's one of those where, you know, maybe he just got an itch to play football again. And he looked at the Cowboys roster and, you know, they're, they're set up pretty well to make a run out of the Super Bowl. He probably wanted to be part of the team again, you know, make one last push or one last run for, for a championship. So... You know, we'll see if he made the right decision. And I guess maybe, you know, for him, um, you know, being in the booth wasn't something that he enjoyed too much because a lot of people didn't like him on Monday Night Football. So ESPN probably would have made a change anyway. But, yeah, I, I, it's good to see it's good to see him back on the field. Yeah, it is. But I think I think. Uh, with Jason Witten back, I think uh, it's going to help Dak Prescott a lot in the passing game. 
Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the red zone and like those third and short situations, it kind of gives him a big target to throw the ball to. I'm sure you've heard the term like usually tight ends are like the security blankets for quarterbacks. So I I think that's what win is going to be for Dak because he didn't he didn't really have that last year at the tight end position. So he's definitely going to help him out. Yeah, I think I I think I think he will. That's for sure. So, with that being said, uh, let's also talk about uh, the dumbest offseason move for the Cowboys. So we talked about Randall Cobb, but the the uh, dumbest the departure that really was stupid was Cole Beasley leaving. But I think Randall Cobb will fill that void nicely. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, that was one of those where like it was the contract situation, like they couldn't. They just couldn't pay him, so they had to let him go. So, with that being said, uh, tell me what you think Randall Cobb will bring to this Cowboys team. Well, I would argue he's an upgrade over Cole Beasley when healthy. Um, Not to say that Cole Beasley wasn't a good player, but he's, in my opinion, an upgrade. He's going to, like you said, like you mentioned, he's going to fill in that role in the slot, kind of be that that quick, like, short to intermediate type receiver for for Dak on those little, like, you know, quick little juke routes or, like, inside breaking routes. So it's going to – I think he'll be fine because now you're going to have Amari Cooper on the outside and Michael Gallup on the other side as well. So he's going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups. And and if he's playing against a team that doesn't have that that good third corner, he should win a lot of those matchups. Yeah, absolutely. So, so with that being said, now, um, with that being said, now, um, my favorite draft picks for the Cowboys, it has to be Tristan Hill and Connor McGurvin. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, like the Cowboys did a really good job of drafting a lot of depth players. Um, they addressed like they, they went with a lot of positions of value, like corner. They went with a defensive end. Um, like they drafted a couple players from Miami, so that's pretty interesting. I mean, usually you know the Hurricanes they have very good athletic players, so we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I I think they did a really good job in the draft, but time will tell. Yeah, I mean that time will tell on that. That's for sure. So my my breakout rookies for the Cowboys this year is McGurvin and uh, Tristan Hill. And, and who I see breaking out this year on the Cowboys is Dak Prescott and on defense, Jalen Smith. Yeah. I mean, for me, I would probably go a, another guy that I, I, I'd probably go Chidobi Aluzier on at corner or Jordan Lewis, one of those guys, but yeah, everyone else that you mentioned should have, really good years this upcoming year. Yeah, and who do you have break All right, so so now that being said, uh so with that being said, uh let's talk about the projected record for the Cowboys this year. I see them going 12 and 4 this year. Hmm, I mean that that's that's certainly possible. I would say more like maybe 10 and 6, 11 and 5 just cuz they play in a tough division. Like I think it's gonna be no, really. No, I say twelve and four, and then they get they they finish in second place, and then they go they they play they they have the fifth spot in the NFC wild card race. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have them finishing second as well, but I think it's going to be more 11 and 5, 10 and 6. But never know, 12 and 4 can happen. I just feel like because the Giants did get a little better and the Redskins also got a little bit better. So we'll see as far as like, I, I don't know, I just feel like 12 and 4, that's, in that division, that's, that's pretty, that's a lot of wins. But you still have the Cowboys making it back to the postseason? Yeah, I have them as a playoff team. Yeah, well, I say wild card because the team that we're going to talk about next is is someone that I – is a team that I predict that's going to win the division this year, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that for sure. So let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles now. So my question for you about the Eagles is, do you think Carson Wentz is going to stay healthy for a full season? I say so because I think Carson Wentz is going to win the NFL's Comeback Player of the Year award. Yeah, I believe he is as well. Um, yeah, honestly, with the Eagles, it, it, it really it comes down to him. Like they have every they have everything else that you want in a football team: a good offensive line, good defensive line, secondary solid. They have good skill position players. It really just comes down to Carson Wentz and his health. If he stays healthy, to me, they're the favorites in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. So, and I know we're not we haven't done this yet, but. They're probably my they're probably my prediction from the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. And like I said before, I want to tell you this: my my prediction to go to the Super Bowl on the NFC side will be the New Orleans Saints, and of course on the AFC side, the Patriots. I mean, that would be interesting. Um, I mean, I guess for me, I mean, I guess since you brought it up, um, I'm thinking it's going to be the Eagles and the Colts, but you know, we'll see. Um, that uh, the other uh, the Saints and Patriots wouldn't be a bad matchup either. We almost had that this past year, but it didn't quite happen. But but it'll happen this year, I think. We'll see. I mean, it would be exciting to watch. Um, I just think the Eagles. I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots get back. I just feel like it's like it, it's kind of it, we're, we're we're bound for a change, and I just feel like. The Colts right now, like they they probably have the most flexible roster in the NFL. And like what I mean by that is, like the contract that they have. But you're had, saying is that you don't you don't think the Patriots are going to make the Super Bowl, or you think they have a good chance? No, they have a great chance. Like I see them going to the AFC Championship game. Like since I have the Colts going to the Super Bowl, I think it's going to be Colts Patriots in the AFC Championship game. Um. I think it's just really going to come down to maybe home field. And I don't know. I just I – have, I have a really good feeling about the Colts this year. Is it because of Frank Reich? Well, Andrew Locke, obviously Frank Reich as well. Um, I like their GM a lot, Chris Ballard. I just really feel like considering how last year they made it all the way to the divisional round and they overachieved, this year it's like they got better and a lot of – those young players that they drafted have another year under their belt. I think they're going to take the next step this year. Yeah, that could be. That really could be. So now let's get back to the Philadelphia Eagles. So uh, with that being said, my draft grade for the Eagles, they had a solid draft despite having having, uh, a smaller draft class. Yeah, I mean, I loved the Andre Dillard pick. I thought that was a great pick. Uh, 
I have a friend of mine who's a Texans fan, and he was really upset about that because he wanted Texas to take Dillard. Um, but that was part of the reason why the Eagles traded up. Um, they sort of so now you have sort of your heir apparent to to Jason, Jason Peters. Peters. Yeah, once he retires, probably after this year. But yeah, I mean they, they picked up some really good guys. But Miles I don't Sanders. expect Jason Peters to start this year because of his history of Achilles injuries. I think you got to put Andre Dillard in right away. And then Jason Dillard as the backup to kind of help guide him. Well, I, I think um, they're gonna no, they're gonna go with Jason Peters just the fact off the fact that he's the veteran player. But you know, if it gets to a point where like he's not the same player, if maybe he gets hurt, then they'll probably put in Andre Dillard. Um, they're, I mean, I don't see them. They could go this route, but I don't see them doing this only because Dillard's more of a tackle than a guard um they could maybe play him at guard but i don't see that just because he's too big but um you know i, I think they're gonna they're gonna go with peters just just off the fact that he's the veteran so we'll, we'll see and then let's talk about um our breakout rookies on the eagles this year i pick andre dillard and miles sanders the son of barry sanders and then my breakout players on the philadelphia eagles this year is carson wentz Dallas Goddard, and I think who's going to grow into that leader in, in of that defense for sure, which I think he has, and that's Fletcher Cox. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess for me, I'm kind of going to go with, like, Avante Maddox, Sidney Jones. Um, on offense, Dallas Goddard, for, for me, I think he's going to take the next step this year for sure especially because I think Zach Ertz is going to get doubled a lot this year, considering the season he just had. Dallas Goddard played with Carson Wentz in college. Yeah, they went. To, they both went to North, South North Dakota. Dakota State. Well, wait, you said Goddard and Wentz played together? Yeah, at South Dakota State University. Well, no, I think Wentz went to North Dakota State. Oh, because I, I thought they, they were teammates. Oh no, they didn't play together. No. Oh, I I I thought wrong. Carson Wentz went to North Dakota State. Dallas yeah. Goddard is from South Dakota State, so I thought they were t- college teammates. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, they had, I I get it mixed up too sometimes, but yeah, no, they weren't teammates. Yeah, they were. They were not. That's for sure. So that being said, uh, so that being so with that being said, uh. So, with that being said, uh, also for the Eagles, don't sleep on Nelson Aguilar. But also, I want to point out, my favorite offseason move for the Eagles was reuniting with Deshaun Jackson, uh, getting Jordan Mm -hmm. Howard. I think that's going to help with Carson Wentz for sure. And I think – I I also – I think – I think – that's what I think here. I didn't mention a defensive rookie for the Eagles because they drafted a defensive player in the draft that was later, but I picked only two offensive players for this rookie class that will break out this year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of similar to the Cowboys. They picked a lot of depth players, but it should be it should be interesting. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to see them play next year. And then let's talk about – let's talk about now uh, – I I also told you that I also like the addition of Deshaun Jackson and Jordan Howard for the Eagles, especially the reunion with Deshaun Jackson. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, he's, he was certainly a fan favorite while he was here with the Eagles and, you know, the way he was let go, um, you know, obviously the fans didn't like that. And I'm sure Deshaun Jackson didn't want to leave Philly. So the fact that he's back, I'm sure he's happy. The team's happy. The fans are happy. Everyone's happy. So I think he's definitely going to be motivated to, um, to, to, you know, show everyone that, you know, he's, He's still one of the best players in the league. I didn't think they made any dumb offseason moves for the Eagles because most of their moves were very, very good. Especially my other signing that I liked for the Eagles was Malik Jackson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, Haloti Nada retired, and they let go of Timmy Jernigan, I believe. Timmy Jernigan's still with the team. Okay, well, even better. Um, so they, they add some more depth there. But, um, yeah, they did – Haloli Nada and Chris Long both retired, so they did need another guy in the interior there to kind of help out as a pass rusher, specifically helping out Fletcher Cox. So, we'll see. Um, I like the addition, that's for sure. And then my projected record for the Philadelphia Eagles this year is that uh, I have them winning the NFC East, and uh, they go 13-3. and three. Okay, yeah, I mean, I agree. I have them winning the division. I think they'll probably go twelve and four. Um, just because. and and what seed in the playoffs? I say four because I think the Saints and the Packers and the Rams will be the top three in the NFC. I'm still debating. I think they, I they're either going to get the one or the two. I think. I'm not you sure. You mean Philly? Yeah, I really like their roster. No, I'm saying is that I think. I think the Saints and the Packers will be one too because of the veteran quarterback that I think will get bye weeks, and I think it would be it would be it would benefit them. And with Carson Wentz, since he's just coming back, I think I think starting starting him off in the four seed would only help, you know. Well, well, it's gonna it's gonna be based on you know their regular season records, but I just think the Eagles to yeah, Breeze. And Rodgers are better quarterbacks, and the Saints and Packers have better quarterbacks at this point than the Eagles, but the Eagles have a better roster. So, for me, that's why I think they, they end up with the best record in the NFC. So, they'll get the number one seed. We shall see, my friend. So, now that being said, uh, let's move on to the team that I don't know if you like them, and that's the New York Giants. So, my question for you about the New York Giants is – when will Daniel Jones take over as the Giants' starting quarterback over Eli Manning? I apparently heard that there's a quarterback competition right now. Well, I mean, they're going to say that just because, you know, you don't draft someone number six overall and say, oh, well, you know, we're just going to sit him, even though I think ultimately that's what they're going to do because that's what Dave Gettleman said. There were a lot of reports that the Giants like the Kansas City model as far as developing a quarterback. But, you know, obviously, you know, I mean, we talked about this before, but, like, I'm not – I didn't like the Daniel Jones pick. I have a lot of friends that are Giants fans. They didn't like the, the pick either. Um, but at this point, you know, that's the, that's the guy that Giants decided to go with. And, you know, they, they you just kind of have to stick with it and, you know, just hope it works out. But as far as, like, I don't see him playing this year unless, like, it's a situation where, like, the Giants start like 0-4 or something like that. That could be, that could be, but 
my 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 thoughts on this pick. I thought the Giants should have just dr- waited to drafted him in the in like the 18th pick in the draft. They should have waited. You know, I don't know why they dis- they they were just too anxious to pass up on Daniel Jones. Well, apparently the report was that they were afraid that someone was going to take him before 17. So, I mean, I I don't have a problem with them, I guess. Like, if you want a quarterback, you take him at six. I get that. But it's just, I feel what they should have done. In my opinion, personally, even though they needed a quarterback, they shouldn't have drafted one this year. Just because the way I looked at it was, last year's quarterback draft class was much better. And you had a chance to get a quarterback, and you passed on one. So why would you draft a quarterback this year when the draft class isn't as good as last year's? It kind of came across to me as a bit of a desperate pick, but it just showed the Giants were just so desperate. Yeah, it, it to me, I mean, apparently, like the main thing that attracted them to Daniel Jones was the fact that he's like an Eli clone, basically. Um, I mean, that's nice and all, but if you're an organization, why would you want to draft the next Eli Manning? You should be looking to draft the next best quarterback. You should be looking for a quarterback that's better than Eli Manning, but. Giants are this, the the problem with the Giants is in recent years with the draft they've been trying to play it safe too much. Sometimes you got to take a risk, especially when it comes to a quarterback. You take a chance. You you go after if a guy has a little bit, of, you know, a couple red flags here and there or some question marks. That's fine. You take that risk, especially when your head coach is Pat Shermer, who's an offensive mind. So worst case scenario, I mean, we've seen like what Matt Nagy's done for the Bears in Chicago for with Mitch Trubisky. I mean, Mitch, Mitch Trubisky is considered one of those high-end quarterbacks, but Nagy's done a very good job with him. With the, like, and we saw like the difference in terms of the type of player he was going into his second year. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, maybe Shermer does the same thing with Daniel Jones, but I just think the Giants made the wrong decision. But we'll see what happens. We'll see. That's for sure there. So, with that being said, uh, now let's talk about Let's talk about now on the Giants. Is, is do you think uh, Dave Gettleman is on the hot seat? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he is. Considering you know, I, I mean, for me, in my opinion, like when you draft his his he, Daniel Jones has to work out. Basically, I mean, let me put it this way: like if Daniel Jones doesn't work out, he's probably not going to be with the Giants much longer. Let me put it that way. You mean if Daniel Jones doesn't work out or Gettleman? If Daniel Jones doesn't work out, Gettleman doesn't stay with, with the Giants for, for much longer. Because he basically, when you make a pick like that, like you're putting your job on the line. Your job is on the line. Not just like, like when you're picking a quarterback that high, like you're, you're risking your job, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about some, some favorite offseason. Let's talk about. Uh, the draft grade for the Giants. I kind of give them a D in this one because, first of all, the Daniel Jones pick at six, I thought that was a D, D minus here. But other than that, uh, picks 17 and 30 with Dexter Lawrence, DeAndre Baker, they were good picks for the Giants. I mean, out of their first round picks, the only one that I really liked was the DeAndre Baker one. Um, just because um, he won college football's award for be- like the best corner last year. So that was a good pick. The reason, the reason why I don't like the Dexter Lawrence pick is because, not, 
although he can rush the passer, he's primarily more of a run defender. And the NFL now is a passing league. They already had a guy in Damon Harrison who was probably the best run defender in the NFL, and they traded him, which is fine. I understand why they did that because of his contract. And just he's the type of player that just isn't as valuable as you know a pass a guy that can affect the passing game. But then you turn around and draft a guy that's pretty much the exact same player, just younger. So I really don't know what the Giants are doing. I mean, we'll see. Um, maybe Dave Gellman knows something we don't. But the guy that I'm the most worried worried about on the Giants is Saquon Barkley because I I just hope that you know you know he, his body doesn't break down because I feel like he's gonna get so many touches next year that like and we just and we saw last year like there were times where like they were, they would hand the ball to off to him and he's like making like three guys miss and he only gets two yards because he just gets gang tackled so fast because no one blocks for him so I mean we'll see what happens. I think Saquon Barkley this year is going to have an even better sophomore season. I think he's going to take the next step. But do you think? But do I think the Giants should lighten his workload in some way? Yes, just so that he doesn't get hurt. I think he has a good long road ahead of him. But I also realize this from a fan perspective: being a running back, that's the position that you can easily wear out of. You know, but what I what I expect from running back is I expect him to have. I really hope for them is to have longer careers. Yeah, absolutely. Now I understand like, like the way the Giants are going to use him a lot next year, I think is kind of how the Saints use Alvin Kamara. I mean, even like his rookie year, I think he, I think he set the Giants record for most receptions in a year. And it's interesting. He's a running back doing that. At least I know he did as a rookie, but um, yeah, that's going to help out the fact that he's an excellent receiver out of the backfield. And considering the Giants don't exactly have the best offensive line, you're going to want Eli to get the ball out of his hands quick. So when you have a guy like Saquon that can make multiple people miss and be a mismatch you know, against linebackers, that'll certainly help. I just feel like you want, like you want another threat on offense. I mean, yeah, they signed Golden Tate, but you know, we'll see if he's the same player because he's getting up there in age a little bit. But – We'll see. I mean, the Giants have made some, I guess you can say, risky moves. We'll see if it'll pay off or not. And then let's talk about my favorite draft picks for the Giants. Other, I wasn't a fan of the Daniel Jones pick. I liked the Dexter Lawrence and uh, DeAndre Baker pick. And and that's 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 for me right there. I have to see what Daniel Jones can do first. I know he has an arm, a good arm, but I mean, will he work out for the Giants? I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell, so we'll, we'll we'll find out. So with that being said, um, so with that being said, uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about my favorite my favorite offseason move for the Giants was when they signed uh, Golden Tate. But the dumbest offseason move for me was I didn't get why in the world the Giants would trade Odell Beckham Jr. Well, for for me, believe believe it or not, I actually didn't disagree with it. I feel like the problem was they actually did it a year too late. What they should have done was they should have traded Odell last year. Like if that was their mindset, because you don't you don't just wake up one day and be like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, we're gonna trade this guy, especially after you just gave him a contract extension. It makes no sense. This is one of those where it's like it was kind of brewing up. Like they wanted to trade him, I guess. 
they just wanted to wait for what they believed was the right time. But, you know, to me, I think if they're going to trade him, they should, or, or, I mean, eventually they did, but they should have done it last year. They probably could have got more for him. Um, and also, like, the weird thing is there's one thing to trade a player, but then it's like the draft picks that they got for him, they used, like, they essentially traded Odell for Dexter Lawrence. And I think O'Shea um, Zimenez, who's a pass rusher they drafted, but though I don't, I don't think Dexter Lawrence is going to have an impact on the game like Odell. Odell has had for the Giants, but um, I understand the reasoning behind it. It's just, I don't know. The, the Giants are just making a lot of weird moves. Like I, I, I would understand you make that move. And like, let's say you draft a left tackle. That's fine. Cause it's a more valuable position, but you end up drafting like a run defender. So I don't know. We'll see. Oh, absolutely. So, with that being said, uh, so, so with that being said, uh, so with that being said, um, so with that being said, uh, uh, what I was going to say is with that being said is, uh, let's talk about, uh, my, my breakout rookies for the Giants this year. And I think it's going to be Dexter Lawrence and DeAndre Baker. And my off and my breakout players on the Giants this year on offense, uh, Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. I think is gonna have a very big year this year. And on defense, Lorenzo Carter, who I think is gonna thrive and grow into that leader of that defense of the Je- of the Giants. Sorry, I meant I didn't. I almost slipped and said your team. Yeah, no, I mean I, they're definitely gonna need to step up for the Giants. I mean the Giants are. If they're going to be competitive at all next year, a lot of their younger players are going to have to step up for them. Um, one guy that I'm sure um, – Sam Beal is a guy they drafted, I think, last year. It was in the supplemental draft. He was out all of last year. But he's a guy that they're pretty high on um, because if he – a lot of people were saying that – well, he, he, don't, the reason he was drafted in the supplemental draft was because he wasn't eligible for the NFL draft last year. Um, so instead of going back to school, he decided to enter the supplemental draft. And a lot of people were saying that if he was eligible for the draft, he would have been a first-round pick. So we'll see, you know, how he's able to contribute to the Giants. Because look at the Giants right now. They have some pretty good corners, some nice young corners they drafted. Yeah, the, what were you saying again? Well, I was just saying, if you look at the Giants, you know, they have some really nice young corners on their roster. They drafted two this year, and you have Sam Beal. So – We'll see, you know, how well um, they're able to play um, going into next, uh, going up into this season. Yeah, absolutely. So, with that being said, uh, so that being, said, let's talk about now the game to highlight on the Giants' schedule. Is I look forward to when the Giants play the Patriots in that Super Bowl forty-two forty-six rematch in Week Six on a Thursday night. And when they play the Redskins. Yeah, I mean, those should be fun matchups. You know, it's always good to see Giants, Patriots. You know, they played my Jets this year, so that'll be fun as well. Um, yeah, I mean, the all the NFC team, like the NFC East games are going to be fun for the Giants. You know, I think for the Giants, they're really just at a point where, like, 
they they just got to be competitive. I mean, maybe Eli has some, you know, oh, for lack of a better term, like an epiphany and just, you know, plays like a younger version of himself or something. But because Giants certainly believe he, he's going to get to that point. But it's really going to come down to him if the Giants are going to do anything this upcoming season. Yeah, absolutely. That should uh so so that being said, uh so so that being said, uh let's talk about now the Giants projected record in 2019. So I kind of think they're gonna be the worst team in the NFL this year because I think they'll take a slight step back, a big step back after their five and eleven season from last year. I say they go two and fourteen this year. I just don't see because their schedule looks tough, but I, record-wise, I think I just don't think the Giants are going to take that next step. Oh right? yeah, oh because yeah. First, obviously, you still have Eli Manning there, but if Daniel Jones becomes their starting quarterback, then I could see the Giants going six and ten. But with Eli Manning, where that Giants are right now as a team, two and fourteen. Yeah, well, I think that may be a little bit harsh. I I just think, I mean, I think they'll be one of the worst teams in the league, but I can see them probably getting, like, four or five wins just because, you know, they do have some, they do have some solid players on the roster, and it is the NFL, so any team can beat any team. I just think they'll be, they'll be good enough to at least get four or five wins. Yeah, I I I could see that, but but I just didn't. I, what I was really saying is that this the Giants are just not going to be that good this year because Eli Manning doesn't have someone to throw to except for Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. I think those are going to be his only two targets that he's going to throw to. But I think the Giants will be a run first offense this year. Yeah, well, I mean they do have weapons. I mean Golden Tate's not bad, and obviously you have Saquon Barkley you can use as a receiver as well, but. I'm more worried about the offensive line and the defense. The defense, they have a lot of young players there. You know, you obviously lost Landon Collins as well. Um, I don't know if their defense is going to be able to hold up. That, to me, is a much bigger question mark. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that being said, the next team we're going to talk about next is the Washington Redskins. So, Let's talk about their draft grade first. I, I thought they did a great job in this draft, especially getting Dwayne Haskins. Montez Sweat is going to be a big part of that defense. Good compliments to Ryan Kerrigan. But I think with the Redskins drafting Dwayne Haskins, I think Alex Smith is done in Washington. Yeah, I mean, I think – I mean, it's kind of unfortunate considering, you know, it's because of an injury. But I do think, you know, that injury he had, I think his career may be over. I mean – Obviously, we're hoping that, you know, he comes back from that. Um, you never want to see someone's career end because of an injury. You know, you want – if you if someone, you know, retires from the game, you kind of want them to go out on top or on their own terms. Um, so, hopefully, Alex Smith's able to come back. But as far as, um, you know, their draft, obviously, it's too early to tell. But I think that they did a really good job as far as, um, you know, drafting the players that they did at, at – at the picks or at the slots that they were picking at. Um, Montez Sweat, to me, I mean, I guess considering the, where they got him is not a terrible pick, but 
he to me right now is more of a great athlete than a good football player. Like he's a great, great athlete, but we'll see as far as how much of an impact he's going to have on the game. Now what's going to help him out is the Redskins do have a pretty good front for, uh, I guess front four, even though they're a three, four team, but you have Ryan Kerrigan and they also have Jonathan Allen, um, um, Deron Payne as well. So he's going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups that, he should be able to take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. So now, so now with that being said, um, let's talk about my question for you is uh, we talked about this last week, but now I want to get more into depth of this. So let's go with our picks on who will be the Redskins starting quarterback going forward and the week one starter. Dwayne Haskins, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, or Alex Smith. I'm going to start with, I'm going to go first. My pick to be the Redskins week one starting quarterback against the Philadelphia Eagles is Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, um, for me, I'm, I'm going to say they, they start with Case Keenum um, just because, you know, they traded for him. He's a veteran quarterback. I think they're going to start off with him. If he struggles, let's say, you know, they go 0-2, 0-3, then they'll probably decide to move on from him and go with Dwayne Haskins. But I think they're going to give him a, a couple weeks. Um, they're not going to just throw Dwayne Haskins into the fire just because there are some question marks with him um, as far as, like, he has some limitations um, being a pocket passer, just a pure pocket passer. So his play is really contingent on how the offensive line is going to play. And the Redskins have dealt with a lot of injuries on the offensive line in recent years. So I guess we'll kind of see, you know, if the offensive line plays well and then you combine that with Case Keenum not – you know, playing or struggling, then they'll probably decide to to put Haskins in. But only time will tell. So I just saw an article right here that Dwayne Haskins could start a week one. And Jay Gruden just said, just said that, uh, that the rookie deserves a shot to start. And I agree because I'm a big Dwayne Haskins fan. Other than Kyler Murray, one of my other favorite quarterbacks, in this 2019 class is Dwayne Haskins. And I think the Redskins, uh, shout out to all their fans and their organization. I'm going to say that, uh, I'm going to say that they did a good job and that they finally got it right at the quarterback position in Dwayne Haskins, because it's an important position in this league. And I think Dwayne Haskins is going to, make this Redskins team look really good. He was great at Ohio State. He's not a quarterback that runs a lot. He's His arm is good. I'll tell you that. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying he's not going to be good. I'm just saying that I don't see them throwing him into the fire right away. Now, I guess what one of the problems, like for me, the problem I have with Dwayne Haskins was – yeah, he has the big arm. Like he checks all the like the physical tools and everything. He has all of that. But in Ohio State, a lot of his passers were like short dink and dunk throws. And the reason why it looked good was because he had three receivers that were all really really fast. One of which they actually drafted in Terry McLaurin. So it's easy when you're just running a lot of drag routes on offense and your receivers run four three forties, and they're just better athletes than most of the other players that you're playing on defense. They just run right by them. That's not going to be the case in the NFL. Like, the throws are going to be into tighter windows. Guys aren't going to get as much separation. So, 
that was part of the reason why I said they're not going to throw him into the fire right away because it's going to be a bit of an adjustment to get used to the speed of the game. Um, they're going to probably want him to kind of, you know, go slow at his own pace and slowly, you know, get acclimated to the speed of the game and not just throw him into the fire like that. Yeah, but but in my opinion, I, I'm a huge believer in Dwayne Haskins, and I've always been a fan of Dwayne Haskins. So I think he's I, I think he's the week one starter against the Eagles. And uh, I think he's I think I think he's gonna be a, he's gonna be a fantastic player for this team and the franchise quarterback for the Redskins. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm definitely rooting for him, and hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully, um, he like like you said, or like it was reported, yeah, he should absolutely um, have a shot to be the Week One starter. I'm not saying that he shouldn't. It's just I think that they're ultimately gonna go with Case Keenum just because he's the veteran player. You don't want to throw the rookie right into the into the fire like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if down the line during the season, you know, he takes the starting job. All right. So, absolutely. So, my pick, Dwayne Haskins, week one starter, and I know your pick's Case Keenum, so we are on different pages as well. Mm-hmm. So, now let's talk about now uh, my favorite offseason move for the Redskins. Oh, my gosh. That defense is going to look good, especially getting uh, – Landon Collins, a D.C. native, he wanted to be a Redskin. I didn't think he wanted to be a Giant. Oh, man, that defense is going to look so good. That secondary, him, Josh Norman, I think that's going to be a good uh, tandem in the backfield. But I think this Redskins defense is onto something. Well, I like their I like their front seven more than I like the back end. Um, for me, I feel like the, the Redskins overpaid Landon Collins. Now, I understand that he made an all-pro team a couple of years ago, but to me, like, he's not an elite safety, and they paid him elite money. But, I mean, it is what it is when it comes to free agency. Like, you're going to have to overpay a player, especially when you're trying to lure him away from his previous team. Um, he'll definitely help the Redskins, but I still think corner is a huge question mark for them because, to me, Josh Norman's not the same player that he was. Um He's he's obviously getting up there in age, um, you know. Maybe he proves us wrong and he he comes back and you know has another good year. But to me, he he's not good enough to be like the best corner on their team. So to me, cornerback is definitely a, a still a huge need for them. Yeah, it's a number two corner, I think. Well, actually, they got Dominique Rogers Cromarty, so I think he'll be a good number two corner next to. Uh, Next to uh, what you would call this, Josh Norman. Yeah, I think Dominic Rogers Cromartie will be a good number two corner next to Josh Norman because he came out of retirement to actually play football again. Yeah, I mean that's another thing. I mean, like for me, like I, I think even with those guys, they still need a number one corner. Like Norman is a solid number two, I would say at this point in his career. Rogers Cromartie taking a year off, you can't expect him to come in and be, you know, a number one or number two corner. I think at best he's, he's your solid like third corner, but they still need a number one guy. So we'll absolutely. see. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. But the dumbest offseason move for the Redskins, I'm looking at it right now. I didn't think, uh, I didn't think they made any, uh, what you might call this moves that were questionable because I felt like that their offseason was pretty good, but also, to point out here, 
I really like the additions of Rob Ryan, who I think is going to be a big impact on this deep, helping this defense develop. Uh, Ray Horton, who's going to coach the defensive backs. He's a he nor, he knows this Redskins organization very well, and I think I think Ray Horton I will 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 do a good job with the secondary. And um, I also have another question for you. Uh, do you think Jay Gruden's coaching for his job? Because I asked that because prior to the draft, there were there were a lot of people who were saying that Jay Gruden was coaching for his job. But since the Redskins drafted Dwayne Haskins, I think this would be enough to save his job. Well, I, I think it's one of those. It's it's unfortunate because he's actually done a really good job, especially last year considering the injuries that they had. Um, but I do think that you know if the Redskins have another bad year this season – that they might decide to go in a different direction and probably hire a different head coach. You mean um, a different head coach that, that knows Dwayne Haskins' skill set? I mean, maybe. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if they go with another offensive guy. Um, just because when you have a young quarterback, you, you want to do as much as you can to help his development. But I think that they would move on from, from Jay Gruden only because, you know, sometimes you just need a change. And unfortunately for him, it's – you know, even though he hasn't been a bad coach, it's just sometimes, you know, do you want to be like the Marvin Lewis problem? I guess I always like to call it. Like, do you want to, do you want a guy that's just consistent, consistently like pretty good, pretty good, pretty good? Or do you want to get rid of him and then go after a guy that might take you to the next level? You know, it might not work out, but you know, you want to run the risk because sooner or later, you don't want to just be, you, you don't want to just plateau and, and stay at the same level, you know? Yeah, I mean, I could, I could go, I could see where you're going with that, with that. But I think, say, if the Redskins go ten and six, I think that's going to be enough to save Jay Gruden's job. If not ten and six, then he's fired. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that mindset with Jay Gruden that ten and six saves his job, and I think the Redskins are more than capable of doing that this year. Yeah, I think it's one of those, like, if, for me at least, I think he has to make the playoffs. Like, if the Redskins make the playoffs, I think he's good. But if they don't make the playoffs, maybe, you know, if they're 10-6 and six and it's one of those, like, where they're competitive until the end of the year, like, it's one of those where, like, maybe they, you know, they lose the last game of the season and that's why they don't make the playoffs. Maybe he still stays, but I think ultimately they're going to try and move on from him. We'll see about that because he only made the playoffs – only one year in his for in his second year as the head coach of the t- Redskins, and he's been the red the head coach of the team since 2014. And uh, I think that I think Jay Gruden sometimes he he calls the, he calls the he's a, he's an okay play caller, but I think uh, I think this is a make or break year for him. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. So with that being said. Now let's talk about my favorite draft picks for the Redskins, Dwayne Haskins and Montez Sweat. Those are the only two that really stood out to me. Yeah, I mean, I really like Terry McLaurin, the receiver from Ohio State. That has a connection right there. Teammates with Dwayne Haskins, I think both of them are going to be on the same page. Yeah, and he, he was really one of the more, like, underrated receivers. Like, he didn't get <clears> – <throat> excuse me. He didn't get a lot of the flash that, like, Paris Coleman or Paris Campbell did, but he – like I was watching a lot of film on him, and he 
he's definitely really good as well. So he's going to help out Dwayne Haskins a lot. Absolutely. So my breakout rookies for the Redskins this year is Dwayne Haskins, Kelvin Harmon, uh, Terry McLaurin, and also also Montez Sweat on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, they, they had a really solid draft class. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm sure they're going to expect a lot of these young players to contribute right away. And if they do, you know, they could potentially make a run out of playoff spot. Absolutely. So, but that being said, um, let's talk about my breakout stars on the Redskins this year. So, on offense, I'm going with a guy that tore his ACL, but is going to be a big part of this offense this year, Darius Geis. The other guy that I, I think c- could turn his game around, he's also facing a make-or-break year. But if he can only stay healthy – could could work on concentrating on catching the football. That's also and that is uh, that is Josh Dotson. And on the defensive side of the ball, I could see this player right here getting so much better, making this defense look really, really good. And that's Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen. Yeah, you know, another name for me I'd probably throw out there is Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed really needs to. Have I'm not putting Jordan Reed in there because. Can he stay healthy? No. But is he a good player in my eyes? Yes. But yeah. It's just the consistency that I just don't see out of Jordan Reed health-wise. That's why I'm not putting him in there as a breakout star for this Redskins team this year. I think right now Vernon Davis is the number one tight end on the Redskins on the offense right now for the Redskins. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you're right about uh, you know the injury issues with Jordan Reed, but I brought him up mainly because – I think in order for the Redskins to be competitive next year, they're going to need Jordan Reed to get back to playing the way he was before last year because if they don't, you know, they're probably not going to be very good. Because a lot of people forget Jordan Reed's one of the better tight ends in the league, you know, obviously when he's healthy and he's, you know, it, it was interesting too last year, like, Alex Smith usually likes throwing the ball at tight ends, but for some reason they weren't getting the ball to him a lot. Um, maybe it was because teams were doubling him or trying to take him away, but we'll see. Maybe things are different this year. Oh, absolutely. Um, now, with that being said, with the Redskins and what I – and then on defense, do you agree with my pitch who I think will be breakout stars defensively and Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen? Yeah, absolutely. You know, those, both Alabama products um, – I mean, we'll see because I think they'll be very good. Um, like they'll they'll probably have their best years up to date. Um, I don't know if they'll like be elite players, but we'll, we'll see. Um, the the Redskins do have some young, nice young pieces to work with, so we'll see. You know how how much they're going to be able to contribute. You know those young players. And and let's talk about now. Let's look at the schedule for the Redskins, and let's talk about the game to highlight here. So. You know, my, my dad's a Redskins fan, so um, the game I'm looking forward to seeing the Redskins play is obviously when they play against my team, the Patriots, and I think that's going to be a very good matchup. I can't wait to see Dwayne Haskins play against Tom Brady. I can't wait to see that week five, October 6th. I have that circled on the calendar for when I see my Patriots play against the Redskins. I have that game circled on the Redskins calendar when they play my team. And I also circle the game when they play against the New York Giants in MetLife Stadium because that's going to be some homecoming for Dwayne Haskins because he was born in New Jersey and went to high school in Maryland. 
and I look forward to when the uh, Redskins play the Eagles in week one and also week 15. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, like you like you mentioned, like Giants, Redskins is going to be big because you potentially may have two young rookie quarterbacks going up against each other. Um, and, you know, if Dwayne Haskins plays really well and Daniel Jones doesn't, it's going to make Giants fans sort of, you know, raise their eyebrows at, at Dave Gettleman because of what could have been, you know. But we'll see. It'll, it'll definitely be exciting. There'll be a lot of good storylines in those games. And then, obviously, you have Landon Collins coming back, too. So, that'll be interesting, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, my projected record for the Redskins this year, and I think this will be enough to save Jay Gruden's job. They're going to go 10-6 and six with a third-place finish. And then, I'll tell you my projected order of the NFC, what, NFC East standing. So, in first place, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they win the division. The second-place team, the Dallas Cowboys, they make the playoffs as a wild-card team. The third-place team will be the Washington Redskins. And the last-place team, of course, is the New York Giants. Yeah, um, for me, yeah, my order is Eagles, Cowboys, uh, Redskins, Giants. Um, the only thing is, for me, record-wise, I think they probably go 7-9, 8-8. Eight eight. Um, just because it's a tough division. The NFC as a whole is a pretty tough conference. I think eight and eight sounds like a more realistic um, record for them, but we'll see. Um, you never know; things can change. But um, for me, I, I'm looking like that's what I'm thinking they're going to end up with. And I think ten and six will be enough to save Jay Gruden's job. Maybe nine and seven, but if it's eight and eight, then I think it's time to boot him out the door. Yeah, probably. So, final thoughts of the day is uh, almost training camp. I can't wait for when you and I do a show on. Uh, training camp so that you and I could uh, talk about so that when I when we watch inside training camp live on NFL Network we could talk about what's going on inside which team to spotlight in training camp you know yeah absolutely I'm really excited about it absolutely so have a good weekend talk to you next week all right take care Lorenzo